Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. For Kia. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. And Toolmart, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA-owned and operated for over 40 years. Yes, a very good afternoon. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sports Day with uh, Peter Vlahos. Gee, I'm getting excited about the... Second of the semi-finals in the T20 World Cup. Four o'clock this afternoon on the SEN Network. Will it be India? Will it be England? That'll take on Pakistan in the final match of the tournament at the MCG on Sunday. And if the weather prevails, they have got a spare day. They'll play it on the Monday. But let's hope it all happens on Sunday. It'll be an AFL grand final crowd, certainly. I think even if... England get there, but certainly if India take on their arch rivals, Pakistan, who were just outstanding last night against New Zealand. Afridi over the wicket bowls, Allen into the pads again, they're up and asking, Erasmus gives him, and Allen stands there equally aghast. Last ball of the power play, screwed it away to mid-off, throw, direct hit, splendid from Shadab Khan, is Conway short of his grounds? Short Conway, Pakistan get the wicket on the last ball of the power play. Phillips is on strike. Now as bowls to him. He got tangled up. Knocked it straight back to the bowler. And he's out. Caught and bowled. Now as gets the wicket. A freedy task with that job. Williamson's bowled. He was looking to lap it up over the top. Walked away. Got beaten for sheer pace. And a freedy strikes when it was most needed. That's an awful way to go. Baba pulls in the air safely to one midwicket for four. The captain is away. Baba Azam staring down 50. He takes the ball off his pads, rolls it out to wide midwicket. Or oh, misfield in the deep allows for a second. And the skipper comes back to such adulation. Grace and style in the half century of Baba Azam, who answers his nation's call after a barren stretch. He's on the move. Big hit. One run to go. Masood drives. He beats Southie and the deed is done. Pakistan is going back to a World Cup final at the MCG. It has been a commanding chase and it's a mighty win. Pakistan by seven wickets. Yeah, certainly an outstanding performance called by Gerard Whateley in the SEN cricket team on the network last night, and they'll do it again tonight, India against England. Just updating some other sports news for tyre power, buy three and get one free on selected Falcon all-terrain tyres. 
at your local tyre power. Uh, unbelievable in the Sheffield Shield. Victoria rolled for just 63 in their Shield game against Queensland. Uh, Victoria lost eight first innings wickets before being rolled for their lowest Sheffield Shield score in 50 years. And Nisa finished with the figures of four for 22. Skekity, who took six for 38 against WA last week, snared five for 18 in what was a disastrous Victorian effort. And the minuscule total actually was the smallest since the Vicks were all out for 73 against WA in 1971 and is the fourth lowest total in more than 150 years of Shield cricket. That match, a bit of a green top, they reckon, at Allen Border Field. Speaking of Sheffield Shield, uh, Western Australia take on South Australia tomorrow at the Wacker. That gets underway at 10.30. And just updating what's happening in NBA, big game. It is the two LA clubs taking part, and it is the LA Clippers 99, Jimmy. Uh, they lead by 12 over the Los Angeles Lakers 87 yeah, one month he's going to be there. He's travelling, uh, Jimmy tells me, uh, in the headphones. He's doing a, an NBA tour. He's going to about 4,000 NBA games with his partner who's not interested in basketball. I think that'll go very, very well, let me tell you. All right, uh, that is all thanks to Tyre Power. You buy three, get one free on selected Falcon all-terrain tyres at your local Tyre Power dealer. And, of course, the other news is that Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody, has ended his short-lived retirement and will play for Essendon next season. There was a bit of a um, murmur that Freo were keen, and reportedly they were, but the Bombers' favourite, who uh, didn't add to his 126 games and 150 goals this year, as I mentioned, had interest from the Dockers, but he signed a one-year deal to resume his career at Tullamarine. So well done to Anthony Tip and Woody. Uh, it's eight past one. We'll take a break. On the other side of the break, David Short's going to join us from Tab Touch. But I want to speak to Jimmy Smith about Rugby League because the semi-finals of the Rugby League World Cup are happening this weekend and the Kangaroos are taking on New Zealand and the other one is England against uh, Samoa. But the other thing I want to have a chat to Jimmy about is there's talks of a breakaway league and a bit of uh, disharmony between the players, clubs and the administrators. So we'll get into that after the break here on Sports Day with Peter Vlahos. Sports Day for Kia. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. And Toolmart, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA-owned and operated for over 40 years. Yes, 14 past one with Peter Vlahos. Early sports day due to the fact that we're broadcasting the second of the semis in the T20 World Cup. India and England from four o'clock. And by the way, Hazen Damo with the run home have vacated the studio. They've headed down Cambridge Street towards the coast and they've dropped off at the Wembley Hotel for a schooner each before they broadcast at 2 o'clock uh, this afternoon. The run home at the Wembley Hotel this afternoon between 2 and 4. Go and share a bevy with the boys and head down there and see how it's all done. Joining us now, he knows how it's done. It's time to catch up with uh, Tab Touches. David Short here on Sports Day. Shorty, good afternoon to you. Oh, good afternoon to you, Pete. Yeah, it's, I tell you what, I wouldn't mind heading down there for a quiet uh, pub, yeah, maybe bourbon or two. That's my drink of choice. <laughs> yes, but, uh, yes. Yeah, Jim Beam, be Jim nice, Beam or nice. Jack? Jim Beam or Jack? 
I'll roll with Jacko for today. Yeah, That'll yeah. be just beautiful. And then we're going to roll up our sleeves and get down to business because as you've touched on at the top of the program, this semi-final between India and England in the T20 World Cup this afternoon shapes up as being an epic encounter. India heading in $1.77, England at 205 Stacks of different markets on the game if you're looking to get involved. Player of the match, Virat Kohli has had a hot tournament. He is the $8 favourite to be player of the match. Rahul at eight fifty. Josh Butler, he's a crucial wicket at the top of the order for England, $9. Uh, Yadav at $9. He's had a great tournament. Sharma at ten eleven for Rashad Pant, 12 for Hales and Hardik Pandya. But, uh, Pete, it is going to be a cracking game. Pretty tricky to work out who's going to win it, to be honest. I think uh, the market's pretty right. Very little between these two sides. Yeah, no, looking forward to it. Should be beauty. And how was good was Bubba Azam, the way he clobbered the ball last night over mid-wicket, Shorty? Remind me of your days at Stephen Street. Don't worry about that. Uh, the Rugby League World Cup. Now, Jimmy Smith is about to join us. Plenty happening in Rugby League. The fixtures dropped today. And I know you're a Rabbitohs man. And if you don't know, they're coming to you to Optus Stadium on the 5th of August. There's a doubleheader, the Rabbitohs against the Sharks. And the Dolphins, the brand-new club uh, coached by Wayne Bennett, they'll be here at Optus Stadium in that doubleheader against the Knights. So I'm going to talk to Jimmy Smith about it in a moment. But we've got the Rugby League World Cup semis this weekend. Indeed, P. I'll be there uh, watching, uh, absolutely cheering hard for the Rabbitohs. But the million-dollar question is, will Flipper be coming along with the Dolphins to get around them for that big game? We'll have to wait and see. Australia taking on New Zealand, $1.20 for the Aussies. $4.50 New Zealand, that line at 12 and a half. And the other semi-final, uh, Samoa, they were so good in their quarter-final victory. They're a $3.30 outsider for their clash with England at $1.34. Line betting at eight and a half. But two ripper semi-finals from the Rugby League World Cup. Of course, we had the Melbourne Cup Carnival, the Spring Carnival, but it's red hot now here in Perth for the next five weeks, Shorty. And it starts on Saturday, day one of the Pinnacle Series. Oh, it's going to be spectacular over the next five weeks, Pete. No doubt about that. And there are feature races after feature races there on Saturday, kicking off with the Lucky Grey Stakes. Buster Bash at 3.40 to fade there in front of Pure Devotion at 4.40. William Pike back in town. He'll be teaming up with Pure Devotion in that particular race. He'll be very popular. Uh, moving on to the Group 3 champion, Phillies. Laced up heels at 2.60 favourite in front of Ampere Play at $3.00. Uh, on to race number seven on the card, the Group 3 Colonel Reeves and the Star Elite Street going around, looking to resume the campaign with a victory at 290. Miss Contiki, so impressive last time out. Our $3.90 second pick there on uh, race number eight, the listed Placid Arc Stakes, Baby Paris at 420, all show there at 480. My Bella May at $5 in the final race. All eyes on Devoted here, seeing a victory. We'll see Devoted through to the railway stakes. And I'm pretty sure most of the nation will be cheering hard for Pikey in the last. It's been absolutely huge for the punters over the years. And the even money favourite in the last in the Group 3 Peter Stakes, Devoted, with William Pike aboard. And I can tell you right now, Pete, without even having a look at the book, there will be the majority of the nation with their multis rolling into Devoted <laughs> with the Group 3 to round out Ascot on Saturday. It'll be a great occasion. Yeah, and Pikey was featured on SEN Breakfast earlier this morning and a feature of Grab, but you reckon he's had some difficulties over there in the East and maybe one day he'll return home here in Perth and become a full-time jock again out of Western Australia, but wait to see. Now, I know you're a big NBA man. I'm keeping Jimmy up to date. You know that Jimmy Williams, my producer, is going to America in about a month and he's going to go and watch about four 
four million uh, NBA matches. His partner hates NBA, so she'll be doing a lot of shopping. But it's uh, the Clippers 104 over the Lakers 95, uh, Shorty, with about three and a half minutes to go. I thought I'd bring you up to date. Outstanding. Well, while Jimmy's over there, make sure you get to the United Center to watch the Chicago Bulls. That was a highlight of my time over in the US. I got to go and see the great man Michael Jordan in action, Scotty Pippen, our own Luke Longley. It will be a career-long highlight for me getting the chance to go and see them. So go and get a look at the Bulls while you're over there, Jimmy. Good on you, Shorty. Lovely to talk to you again, mate, and we'll hopefully catch up again soon. All the best. Thanks, Pete. Okay, those with a touch, choose Tab Touch. Better your bet and download Tab Touch today. Gamble responsibly. If you need some assistance, call Gambler's Help on 1800 858 858. The NRL fixtures for next season have dropped, and so has Jimmy Smith, of course, from SN 1170 in Sydney. He does weekdays there between 12 and 3. He's just got off air and he's jumped on the phone with us. So, hi, Jimmy. How are you? What did you say then, Pete? I've been dropped. Have you got something that I haven't? These mobile phones, they drop out when you least want them. Great. It's great that you're dropping on our show. Now, the NRL fixtures have come out. We're pretty excited here. Optus Stadium, 5th of August. We've got a doubleheader, the Rabbitohs against the Sharks. And we're going to see firsthand the brand-new franchise under Wayne Bennett, the Dolphins against the Knights. We're looking forward to that. You know, it's interesting. We all have our own perspectives right on the afternoon's program. People talking about, you know, what their team was facing, what their arch rivals were facing, you know, the headline clashes. And from your point of view, the rugby league lovers in Western Australia, they get a double header. They get it at a great stadium at, at Optus. And, you know, there's something for everyone, isn't there? The traditional South Sydney Rabbitohs and the brand-new Dolphins, lots of attraction for different reasons there. Yeah, and, and the fact that the draw comes out now and it gives those fans, and I've got no doubt this is why the Western Australian government do this, is give them a great opportunity to plan, go over there. If you've got, if you've got your team playing in WA, then get there for four nights or five nights and go and see some of the attractions from that point of view. And I reckon it'll be further encouragement for whether it be, you know, the Perth Bears or whatever the potential franchise looks like because... One of the talking points we had, Pete, coming out of this year was the challenges around 17 teams. It's now extended from a four-game, 25-round season to a 24-game, 27-round season with three buys for each team. And and the push for the 18th team is very strong. I know that Perth is going to figure very strongly in those discussions. Yeah, no, and there'll be and there'll be a big crowd here at Optus Stadium. Don't worry about that, Jimmy. Uh, we'll just continue. You're just dropping in and out occasionally. Let's hope you don't go into any tunnels there on your way home. Uh, let's look at the World Cup semi-finals this weekend. I read a story this morning that the New Zealand team are furious that the Rugby League World Cup organisers reportedly have already booked their flight home a day after the semi-final against the Kangaroos, suggesting that the Kangaroos are certain to win. They use whatever you can, Michael Maguire, as coach of the New Zealand Kiwis. Like, it's, it's just one of those logistical situations, Pete, where you've got to nominate someone to fly home the next day, right? Um, if, you, if you're a betting person, you look at the market and said the market says... You play this game five times, four times the kangaroos are going to win. So let's book the Kiwis in. But if you, if, if, you, if you want to use it as further motivation, not that I think you need further motivation in a World Cup semi-final, then 
use it all you like. Uh, if they're upset about it, well, um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say it's the wrong thing, but uh, as I say, use whatever you can to motivate your team. And it really is the Kangaroos' first real test at this World Cup, isn't it, Jimmy? It is. It is. And, you know, I've been a little bit... I'm not upset. Not upset's the wrong word. It's just about... Give us a better understanding of what this team's going to be. Like, you know, I've got ultimate respect for Mel Meninga as an immortal, as a player, and, and what he's done as a, as a coach and a rugby league figure. He's now coach of the Kangaroos. He keeps putting out a squad of 19 and then making us guess. And, look, it's, it's further confusion around the numbering system because the players have their own number for this tournament, which I think can work... Positively, it's been a bit of a negative blowback on that. You guys with the AFL, you're used to it. You wear the same number for your entire career, mostly. Um, but he hasn't named a side. He's named a squad, and there's still confusion. Is Daly Cherry Evans in the 17? Is, is Regan Campbell-Gillard in the 17? You know, give us some greater clarity over that. It is the biggest test of the, the tournament. In many people's eyes, it's the Rugby League World Cup final come a week early, but... Um, look, I still think Australia is going to win it, and they'll probably win it pretty comfortably, no matter which of the 19 Malmeninga puts out there. But I just think you can help the tournament, help the organisers, and most importantly, help the supporters better understand what your what your thinking is. And England against Samoa, you'd fancy the uh, home country to progress through to the final. This is an incredible situation. So these guys played first round, uh, first game, and. Everyone thought, wow, this is a really strong Samoa side. They literally, a lot of them just finished up the NRL Grand Final a couple of weeks earlier. And they actually went into the game as favourites. And they were beaten 66 points to six. It was a massive boil over. There was all sorts of you know, innuendo and, and rumour about what had gone on, what hadn't gone on. There were, Some people were saying, well, Samoa need to be sent home from the tournament. It's a horrible performance. Here we are four weeks later. They meet in a semi-final. They are the outsider somehow, but the longer it goes on, the more people think they can really challenge this England side. Sean Wayne, the coach of England, has done a remarkable job with a lot of players who probably aren't first choice for England, but have played really well. They haven't missed a beat. They've been excellent the whole tournament, England. I think England win, Pete, but this is going to be one of these cracking games where you just think, on their day... Samoa can give them a real scare. Mm. Okay, and a couple of other issues in rugby league, uh, Jimmy. Anthony Seabold, I see uh, he reckons he'll be a better coach than he was after a horror, horror final year at Brisbane as he prepares to take over at the Sea Eagles. Yeah, it's an interesting one, Pete, because we've worked with Anthony over the last two years at SEN. He's been a, a regular contributor. He's a very sharp mind in the world of rugby league. It was... I knew Anthony from a playing days, and I was when he was at Brisbane. I always was of the belief that he'd get another opportunity in the National Rugby League. It certainly come probably a little bit quicker than I anticipated. But what he has done is he, he stepped away from rugby league and he kept pushing himself. He kept opening up new possibilities and continued his learning. And in the difficult circumstances which he was released from the Broncos, if you don't learn from that, then you know, you're probably beyond help. Anthony's a long way from that. He's he's a very smart guy. Um, he, he has a great rugby league knowledge. 
He's got a really competitive squad over there at Manly if Tom Trebojevic can stay healthy. And if that's the case, then it's going to be really interesting following his his path at Manly over the next three years. It's only the second time in Manly's history, or maybe third, that they've taken an outsider as a coach. Usually it's the locals that, that get the job, the former Manly players, but they did it with Graham Lowe, they did it with Trent Barrett, now it's Anthony Seabold's turn, and yeah, all eyes on him to see how he goes next year. And finally, Jimmy, we thank your time very much. There's been talk that at this stage, the NRL clubs and players are at loggerheads with uh, officialdom and there's even been talks of a breakaway league which won't happen but where is this standoff at right at this point in time? Uh, Pete, it's, it's, it's going to be going through it's going to be the best case scenario for the clubs it'll be the best case scenario for the players um, it'll be the NRL saying well you know what we earned all this great revenue you guys deserve your slice of the pie um, as long as there's the money there for development, which we know from all codes is very important, what happened is that they started slowly on this negotiation, they got behind time, but the fact of the matter is that they're going to get it done, it'll be a record deal, it's just going to be a little bit later than they anticipated, but you know, all the talk of war and breakaway leagues, forget about that, it's a misleading headline, the negotiations are continuing, um, and it'll be done very shortly. Yeah. And finally, uh, Jimmy, uh, and it just came to my attention, courtesy of my producer, the AFL, again, is following the NRL line and is looking at a magic round, wherever that may be, in 2023. Oh, it's in South Australia, I believe it's been confirmed. So it's in South Australia. It's a great weekend, isn't it? And often up at Suncorp, the NRL magic round. Uh, do you think it'll work in the AFL? It'll be a, a roaring success. It'll, it'll be huge. I don't know if there's a, a second ground. I don't know whether the AFL are going to play that over four days so that they they have a day where they're going to have three games. I know that, that the NRL had over four days with the Thursday to Sunday. They condensed it to three days. But it is a great festival of rugby league when we go to Brisbane for Magic Ground. It, 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 it's actually stolen from Super League over in England um, where they started to do it first. And it's a great melting pot of supporters. They get outstanding crowds at a great stadium like Suncorp. It's, it's, it's wins all round, Pete. The AFL will do it once and never not do it again. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, it was only announced a few hours ago, actually, that South Australia will be the venue for the AFL's Magic Round in 2023. Jimmy, yeah, a great snapshot of rugby league. Lovely talking to you, mate. And uh, thanks for joining us. And, of course, people can listen to Jimmy Smith, 12 to 3 weekdays, Australian Eastern Daylight Saving Time on SEN 1170 there in Sydney. Good on you, mate. Thanks for your time. Anytime, Pete. Thank you. Okay, Jimmy Smith, a former player and certainly knows his rugby league. And as you can see, there's plenty happening in the other football code as well. We'll take a break and check in with what's happening in the newsroom. Yeah, great to have you company. Early uh, sports day with Peter Vlahos back to normal uh, five o'clock kickoff. Uh, next Monday. Not forgetting the Ladbrokes Lounge happens as well on uh, Saturday mornings and after having a couple of weeks on holiday in New Zealand, Nat Medhurst will be back in the studio with yours truly between 9 and 11 on Saturday morning. Uh, just some uh, other news. It looks like after missing out on the Socceroos World Cup squad that the Perth Glory 
are honing in on luring Socceroo World Cup reject Adam Taggart back here to WA for a third stint at the club. A Taggart, as we know, is a surprise exclusion with the other West Australian, Trent Sainsbury, from Graham Arnold's squad to head to Qatar later this month. And it looks like uh, the lure of maybe coming home and the home comforts uh, after, of course, he played in Korea, Adam Taggart, in recent times. That, and also he's got a great understanding and relationship with glory coach Ruben Zadkovic. They are pretty much close friends. It looks like he could be heading to fill the void that's been left by Bruno Fornaroli, who is headed over to the Melbourne victory. Uh, it was interesting last time he was here. I know that Tony Sage, the owner, was pretty upset, actually, uh, the way he left. And uh, he was quite vocal. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. In fact, Sage, he said at the time he was extremely disappointed in the abrupt exit and labelled Taggart a liar after telling the club he would wait until the appointment of a new coach to make his decision on whether he would stay. And that wasn't the case. So we'll see what happens there. Of course, we're all looking to forward now to the second uh, semi-final of the T20 World Cup. Should be an absolute beauty at the Adelaide Oval tonight. Adelaide's getting all the sport, aren't they? They've got the semi-final of the T20 World Cup. It's now been announced that they will host the AFL Magic Round next season. So all the games on that particular round when the AFL fixtures come out will be played in Adelaide including all the Dockers matches and, of course, the Eagles matches on that weekend. They'll all be there, plus all the AFL clubs. So it'll be a massive, massive weekend and taking a bit of a leaf out of the NRL Magic Round. And as Jimmy Smith mentioned just before the break, has worked wonders and the AFL will never look back on not having a Magic Round after uh, launching it next season. But just going back to Adelaide Oval tonight, it will be a buzz because it is India against England. Last night, it was all about Pakistan. And Matthew Hayden, who has been involved uh, as a, a coaching uh, identity in the Pakistan outfit, was delighted with the result last night. You know, everyone at this stage would go, Pakistan, you've done a great job, well done, it doesn't matter. But our efforts and our collective partnerships and our belief in each other mean that we're actually opting even more in because that's what it takes to win a championship. That's what it takes to win a semi-final. So guys, that was a flawless display of superb cricket. You know, flawless display of bowling, flawless display of fielding, some quality uh, efforts and extraordinary batting. Again, Harry, mate, it was a little tricky situation, but that was another injection of great energy, great enthusiasm. And what's interesting also, we uh, looked at Baba Azam, who was a bit out of form, but I tell you what, he was brilliant last night. And the way he struck the uh, ball was just brilliant. Uh, he's got an enormous strike rate and will be a danger for whether India or England uh, in the final at the MCG on Sunday. And Matthew Hayden spoke about the power and the importance of the opener in Baba Azam. If I can take your minds way back to a different World Cup, and that was the 2007 World Cup, and Adam Gilchrist, you know, had a, for his standards, quite a lean World Cup ahead of uh, that undefeated campaign for Australia. And if you remember that last match um, against Sri Lanka, he went on to score an incredible hundred. Don't be surprised whatsoever if you don't see some fireworks, because very special players 
don't often stay down for long. Look out the rest of the world because I think you're about to see something very special from Bubba. He is an outstanding cricketer. And last night he just clubbed the ball so cleanly, particularly on the drive and on the onside through mid-wicket and square leg. It was really great to watch. And no doubt uh, he's going to be very important come the final on Sunday. And finally, before we take a break, we can look at a bit of UFC a bit later on. Uh, Willie Pike, as we know, left Western Australia after being a full-time jockey on this side of the country because he refused the COVID vaccination. And during that period, you weren't allowed on a race course here in WA without being vaccinated. Uh, the rules were certainly a bit more lenient in Sydney. And, of course, he, he took his family and ended up in Sydney. But he's back now this week and has got rides on the first day of the Pinnacle Series, a five-week series here at Ascot. And he spoke on SENWA Breakfast about the thrill of being back and some of the difficulties that he's experienced over East. There's parts of it that were fantastic and parts of it that weren't so fantastic. So... Um, overall a humbling experience, but uh, at the same time a good one. What were the parts that uh, weren't too, too, too nice to you? Oh, the weather for one. That was really hard learning to ride. Yeah, everyone says a heavy track, but these tracks were beyond heavy um, and, and so consistently beyond heavy that uh, it made it hard to ride a good race because a good, a good ride wasn't, wasn't a textbook good ride. Uh, and yeah, I had to try and figure those things out as well as learning tracks and riders and trainers. So there was a, just a lot of learning to do in a short period. Um, some of it I learnt well and some of it I didn't. Yeah, and that audio was featured on SEN WA Breakfast this morning. Uh, Julio Santarelli there speaking to Willie Pike. Don't forget, uh, show your support for Macapi Day by purchasing a pair of silly socks from Maccas for only $5. And the money raised will go towards Ronald McDonald House Charities as they continue to help seriously ill or injured children and their families. We're going to talk a bit about of UFC with Brett Bonetti, my uh, expert when it comes to UFC, and he's got some big news regarding uh, aspects of that sport that are heading to Perth, some breaking news. So uh, we've got Brett next here on uh, Sports Day with Peter Vlahos, where it's 21 to 2. Sports Day for Kia. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. And Toolmart, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA-owned and operated for over 40 years. Yeah, it's great to have you company. The run home with Hazen Mardo follows at 2 o'clock live from the Wembley Hotel. So uh, head on down there and uh, have a chat to the boys. Uh, two hours of good uh, fun radio coming your way between 2 and 4, the Savo. And then we, of course, uh, hop into India versus England, the second of the semi-finals in the T20 World Cup. Uh, tonight's game coming from the Adelaide Oval after Pakistan were just ruthless last night in disposing of New Zealand at the SCG. It's a quarter to two, and Brett Benetti now joins us because it's been certainly a big week when it comes to UFC and a big uh, card coming up on Sunday at Madison Square Garden in New York. And also there's been some massive news in boxing uh, headed by Jeff Fennick, and Brett joins us on the program. Brett, thanks for your time. Oh, good afternoon, Peter. Once, uh, once again, great to join you. Yeah, it is, uh, I mentioned massive news about Jeff Fennick receiving that WBC super featherweight uh, belt 31 years after the actual event. Yeah, I was actually stunned by this uh, decision, to be honest with you, because it opens up a big can of worms. 
uh, obviously going back to, uh, through the history books and finding all the robbery. That's what they're going to have to do now. But uh, look, the right decision was made as far as everyone knew that uh, in 1991 that Jeff Fennick won that fight. I remember watching it as a as a young kid back then. Mm. I'd like to say that. But uh, I was really angry at the decision at the time. Everyone was. Uh, but they've uh, obviously put together a panel and uh, of judges, and they've uh, they've rewatched the fight. Every single one of them scored the fight in favour of Jeff Fennick, and they've decided to uh, award the the belt in sort of like a, like a gesture, really, because a lot of the news reports I heard yesterday saying that they've overturned the decision. Well, that's not the case. That that decision still stands, no matter what. On the record, it will still have split draw uh, between Azuma Nelson and Jeff Fennick. So, uh, because, you know, Zuma Nelson's not going to say, no, you're not going to take my belt away. But all they've done is give Jeff Fennick uh, the belt, saying that he should have won the fight. So, yeah, that result still stands on the record. So, you, yeah, reckon so, it might open, so you reckon it might open a can of worms with other fighters who feel they've been robbed in inverted commas, challenging and uh, for a review of uh, particular fights? Absolutely. Again, I was so stunned by this decision. Again, I'm happy for Jeff Fennick because he really did win the fight. But we've seen a lot of robberies over the over the course of boxing. And are they going to go back to the Olympics, for example? The biggest robbery I've ever seen in the in the sport of boxing was the Olympics with Roy Jones Jr. That was more corruption than uh, than incompetence. But uh, they're going to go back and award Roy Jones Jr. a gold medal that he should uh, that he deserved to win back then. So uh, there's been a lot of robberies over the time. So is this this is the very first one. So they're going to start going back and there are other sanctioning bodies as well. So it's going to be interesting. Watch this space because there's been a lot more robberies. But this one was obviously highly controversial. Don King promoted, whether it was in corruption or incompetence, who knows. Uh, but Jeff Fennick did win that fight and I'm glad that he got his belt at the end of the day, but I'm still stunned by it. Mm. OK, interesting comments there from Brett Benetti. Brett, let's move on. It's a massive card this Sunday with UFC 281 at Madison Square Garden in New York. UFC middleweight champion on the line, or the championship on the line. Tell us more about this big event. Yeah, cannot wait for this one this Sunday. Israel Adesanya, the style bender, defending his belt for the seventh time when he faces a dangerous Alex Pereira. And what makes this one really interesting to the fight fans is that uh, Alex Pereira's got a uh, big kickboxing background, as does Israel Adesanya. And they faced off twice in the past in kickboxing. And Pereira won both times. The first one was a very close decision that a lot of people thought that uh, uh, that Adesanya actually won. But the decision in a close fight went to Pereira. But when they had the rematch, Adesanya was actually winning the fight. But in the third round, got caught by a vicious left hook. And Adesanya was knocked out. So this is where the intrigue comes to this Sunday. It is MMA. And, uh, and you know... Israel Adesanya is only 33 years old. Pereira is 35. But together between them, they've had so many kickboxing fights. And Israel Adesanya has only ever lost once in MMA in 24 fights. And that was when he challenged for the light heavyweight uh, belt. So he's never lost at middleweight. So this one, I expect that uh, Adesanya is going to fight smart. He's a brilliant counter-striker. And I think the only hope that Pereira has got to win is by knockout. I mm. think Adesanya's got more ways to win because if he's going because you know, he's such a great counter striker, I think he can win by knockout. But the more likely scenario for me as a prediction is Adesanya has tamed his belt for the seventh time uh, by unanimous decision over five rounds. Yeah, it's going to be a huge main event, isn't it, Brett? Uh, this weekend. 
Yeah, it's going to be massive. So a lot of intrigue with this, especially with that history in the kickboxing yeah. circles with Adesanya. Uh, Madison Square Garden as well, so uh, all eyes on the UFC this weekend. Yeah, I saw Billy Joel at Madison Square Garden. I haven't seen any UFC there, let me tell you. But what <laughs> I'm looking forward to also on this card is that uh, there is a big bout. The women's UFC straw weight belt goes on the line. Tell us about the combatants in this one. Yes, Carla Esparza defends her uh, UFC strawweight belt for the first time against Whaley Zhang. And the interesting thing about this one is that Carla Esparza fought Rose Namajunas for the very first uh, you know, title uh, of this uh, division. Uh, but it was coming off the ultimate fighter. And that was back around about 2014, I believe. And she won the belt then, but then regained the belt for the second time against the same opponent. But it was the worst fight probably in UFC history, men or women's. It was, they didn't engage, they hardly struck. Everyone was booing over five rounds. Israel Adesanya, as there was video of him falling asleep during that fight. So this one's going to be a lot better. Weili Zhang coming off a great knockout victory over Joanna Jacek. And, uh, and she lost twice before that to Rose Namajunas. Look, Weili Zhang goes in a huge favour in this fight, but I don't think she's a massive favourite. I think that the best chance that Carla Esparza has to retain her belt is to take Weili down to the mat and hold her there. She's a very good wrestler. But if uh, Carla Esparza tries to strike with Weili Zhang on the feet, she'll get knocked out. So uh, that's the keys of victory. I think that uh, Weili Zhang is probably going to win by knockout. I think she's very strong, and I think that she's got to be able to stuff the takedown. But, uh, but don't be surprised if Carla Esparza is able to get this one to the mat and uh, hold her down. But whether she can hold her down for five rounds, that's the question. So that's the reason why I'm predicting the belt's going to change hands and go to Wei Li Zhang on Sunday. Okay, Brett, and just before we let you go, uh, what's the latest news on UFC 284, which is coming here to Perth, RAC Arena on February the 12th, 2023? What about announcing some of the fights? Are they coming to hand? Do we know what to expect on the big event? Yes, Peter. Actually, there's five fights been announced so far. So a lot of our uh, SEN listeners will probably know that Robert Whittaker and Paulo Costa in a middleweight contenders uh, match has already been announced, as is uh, Tyson Pedro taking on Zhang Yang. Uh, but there's three more bouts that uh, their listeners might not know about. They were actually announced uh, this week and one yesterday. So Justin Tuffer, who's a heavyweight, uh, will take on Parker Porter, uh, and obviously Justin Taffer, Australian-based fighter. In the featherweight division, Josh Joshua Calabau taking on Melshik Bagsakarian. So I said that pretty well, Peter. Is that a beautifully? <laughs> to pronounce. You should work for SBS. Yes, but, uh, <laughs> I'll try in future. <laughs> but uh, but Calabau is obviously a very exciting fighter. Uh, loves Perth as well. Uh, so looking forward to that one. But big news, the one I'm really looking forward to is Eternal MMA product Jack, Jack Jenkins who's coming off that uh, great victory in the Dana White Contender Series uh, not too long ago where he earned a UFC contract, same way as uh, Jack Della Maddalena did. Mm-hmm. He takes on a fighter named Don, Don Shannis, who uh, is coming in his second fight. He took a fight on short notice not too long ago and got submitted in 30 seconds. So he deserves a second shot, but it's a good opportunity for Jack Jenkins. 
to make his USA debut, and I think he'll get the win over Don Shannon in February. Good stuff, Brett. Well, thanks for joining us. We've got some uh, news also about a man that you know, Soa the Hulk uh, Palelu. Uh, he fights uh, Mitchell Johnson for charity. I've got all the details in front of me, so I'll relay that on to our listeners as well. Uh, keep people right up to date with what's going on. Good on you, Brett. Thanks for your time, mate. We'll keep in touch. Thank you, Peter. Enjoy the fight. Ah, oh, beautifully done and beautifully said. Brett Bonetti, boxing and UFC expert. Good to touch base with Brett every now and then. This Saturday night, by the way, is that charity event with uh, So of the Hulk Palealu taking on Mitchell Johnson for charity. Strong Minds, uh, String Minds, Corporate Boxing, the great lawn at Crown. Uh, incredibly successful debut last year, and it happens again this year. Thanks, Jimmy, and also thanks, Lee. Looking forward to the cricket tonight. Hayes and Marto, the run home next, live from the Wembley Hotel here on SENWA. Have a great day, everyone. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.